Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. Hey, today we start week four of a brand new series we've started titled Little Foxes. I don't know about you, one of my favorite series we've ever done as a church. It's been challenging, it's been convicting, but it's been encouraging. Um, You know, if you haven't listened to the other messages in this series, I really wanna encourage you, jump on Spotify. We have all of our sermons on Spotify. You can go listen, get caught up because it's going to edify your spirit if you do, I guarantee you that. Hey, our theme, really the the piece of scripture that we've built this entire series around is found in Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse 15. And it says this, catch all the foxes, those little foxes before they ruin the vineyard of love for the grapevines are blossoming. Now we've talked about this in weeks past. We know that the author here is using symbolism and imagery that what he's mentioning within this text are representatives of real things. The little foxes represent the little sins that exist in our life. The vineyards of love represent our relationships, our relationship first and foremost with Jesus, but also our relationships with each other. We see a teacher of the law ask Jesus during his earthly ministry, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? At this point in time, there's 613 these people gotta follow. So he thinks he's gonna trap Jesus. Which one's the most important? And we know Jesus' response, to love God and to love people. Amen, that's what he cares about most. But here's the problem. If these little foxes continue to exist in our vineyards of love, if we don't deal with the sin that's festering in our lives, it becomes a problem. James actually speaks to some of this. Let's let's look at James 1, verse 14. He says this, temptation comes from our own desires. How many know that before we ever see any kind of behavior, it starts as belief, right? There's this war in the mind, and that's why we're transformed by the renewal of our mind. And we need the word of God to transform our mind. If I'm gonna transform my mind with new thoughts, with new truth, I have to get those new thoughts from somewhere else. I have to get that truth from somewhere, and it's in the word of God. So we, we know that temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away, because sin's intention is always to separate. Shout amen. Okay? So these desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, that's the deal. When sin is allowed to grow, Paul tells us you're going to fall short of the glory. Paul says, I love God's law with all my heart, yet I do what I don't want to do. Listen, you're going to have some bad days. I'm going to have some bad days. But there's a difference between stumbling and being mastered by something. And as believers with the spirit of God in us, I will not be mastered by anything. And James says, don't you dare. When sin is allowed to grow, it'll give birth to death. You want to see death in your relationships? Allow sin to grow. You, you want to see death in, in all aspects, in all areas of your life? Allow sin to grow. But today, through this series, no more. We're not going to be mastered by anything. This series isn't a call to perfection. It's a call to protection. That's what it is. When sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. 
There's grace. There's grace for us becoming more and more like Jesus. We're, we're being sanctified by the spirit of God, but we're, we're, we're going to stumble, okay? We're, we're going to stumble, but we know that we're, we're not going to be dominated. We're, this is a call to protection, not perfection. This series isn't about uh, be better so God will love you more. God loves you plenty. I promise you that. This is about us loving him more. Us placing him back on the throne of our heart saying, God, you, you reign above it all. Amen. What an appropriate song. It's about you loving him more, growing in your spiritual fervor and in your spiritual maturity, submitting to the spirit of God, growing in our obedience because we trust where he's leading us. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. Remember when Jesus was asked what matters most, he said to love God and to love people. That's what I care about. I care about those relationships. And so we have to recognize that the spirit of God, which is the work of Christ, will lead us into those things. The enemy will scheme to separate those things. So we gotta be intentional. We gotta address the little foxes, the little sins, so we can better assure that they're not gonna wreak havoc in our vineyards of love, right? We, we have the power. Today, I, I wanna talk about uh, a particular little fox that when it exists in the church, can, be, can bring death to the church, can be harmful for the church. I wanna read our key passage, I wanna pray, and then I'm gonna unpack it. Does that sound okay? You see the three Ps right there? I've been doing this, y'all. I've been practicing. <laughs> Revelation 3, a familiar passage, but a good one. Hoping to give you some fresh perspective this morning. Revelation 3. Jesus is speaking to a man named John. Jesus says, John, you better write all this down, boy. He says, okay, I will starts to address him about seven specific churches. This one that he's talking about here is named Laodicea. Let's look, Revelation 3, starting in verse 15. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot, neither cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich, I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire, then you'll be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you'll not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Everybody say apathy. Apathy. I want to talk about the little fox of apathy this morning. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we love you so much. What an honor it is to be in your house. Little personal prayer, God, I can't believe that you even use me to do this. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower me, anoint me, uh, give me the ability, equip me to be powerful and effective in communicating your truth. I pray for every heart that's listening to this voice right now, whether that's in the room, online, or on a podcast, that you would till the soil of, the, the, of our heart. Let it be fertile ground to receive the seed of your word, the truth of your word. We don't just wanna hear your word week after week. We're we, God, we, we, we know that you don't want us to just hear this thing. You want us to do this thing. So empower us through your spirit. Let the truth, the seed of your truth, let it take root in our heart. Let it grow to produce fruit in our lives. 
We want to be transformed into a company of kingdom people. And uh, I pray this church would continue to foster kids in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) See what I did there? I know this is a little random, but there are some strange stories in the Bible. Can we just all say amen right there? Some strange, there's, there's one, uh, you know, I think that might be a cool next series that we do, like a unique peek at the strange scriptures or something like that, you know? I think that could be a good series, specifically in 1 Corinthians 5, um, and I understand this isn't the most tasteful way to start off a sermon, uh, it's not the most G-rated way to kick off a, a Sunday morning, but my name's Pastor Mark and I like to party, so here, here we go. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 5, Paul catches word that one of the church members in Corinth is sleeping with his stepmom. And uh, so Paul has some strong words for the church on how they are to go about disciplinary action towards this individual. The problem is it's um, happening consistently. It's ongoing. It wasn't a one-time stumble. And so I want to glance at this story just just for a quick moment because there's something I want to pull out of it. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1, it says, It is actually reported, this is Paul writing to the church, that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that even pagans don't tolerate, a man is sleeping with his father's wife. And you're proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out your fellowship with the man who has been doing this? For my part, even though I'm not physically present, I'm with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus on the one who has been doing this. You can tell Paul's not pleased. He's an overseer. He's an apostle, right? He's, he, he is to bring order, help to keep order in the church, and he's not happy, okay? Corinth is getting a little spanking right now. That's what's happening. He says, so when you are assembled, I am with you in spirit and the power of our Lord Jesus is present. Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. I just think it's interesting that Paul equates being handed over to Satan. uh, He equates that to being removed from the gathering, removed from the body for a period of time so that his soul will be saved. Like that's what he equates them to, yet we can't get people to show up for church. There's great value in being part of the body and staying in the body. Amen. Let's keep reading. Verse six, your boasting is not good. Don't you know, and this is the part I just, don't you know that a little yeast, everyone say a little yeast. Everyone say yeast. A little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough. Get rid of all the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now hang in there with me. Yeast, everyone say yeast. Yeast or leaven is a powerful fungus that causes bread to rise. And a little bit of yeast can cause an entire batch of dough, just a little bit, even though the yeast isn't as large as the whole batch of dough, just a little bit of it existing in a batch of dough can change the whole consistency of the whole loaf of bread. And and this is why when yeast is mentioned in the scriptures, most often it's symbolic representative of sin. 
because that's how sin can affect. If we allow it to grow, it's very, very dangerous and very, very destructive. So I don't know if you guys remember, part, part of why uh, we see unleavened bread in the scripture so much is y'all remember Exodus, God calls Moses, speaks to Moses through a burning bush, says, hey, I want you to lead the Israelites out of slavery. He's like, yeah, he's like, no, you got the wrong guy. I can't do that. He's like, no, you're doing it. Here's Aaron, y'all go. Okay, so Moses rallies the troops and then they have a Passover meal right? They have a Passover meal. And uh, this is going to be the last of the 10 plagues. Y'all remember the 10 plagues, the angel of death is going to pass over. So they're supposed to have a meal, do something with a lamb, smear the blood on their, on their doorposts. But they got very specific instructions for how they were to prepare their food. One of those specific instructions was make bread without yeast. So you don't, have, and the, the reason is because they needed to have a quick exodus. They were going to have to move. So this, this instruction was very specific. Don't put yeast in the bread. Just cook it the way it is so you can get to bacon, okay? This is easy bake time. So then we know the story. He leads them through, take, takes them through, leads them through the Red Sea, this amazing miracle. He gets on the other side. God speaks to Moses. I want you to celebrate this every year from this point on. Remember how I set people free. And part of what they would eat every time they would celebrate the Passover annually was unleavened bread, right? So that's why when Jesus is actually sitting with his disciples, he's celebrating Passover, but then he starts to flip the script on what this Passover meal might represent. When you take unleavened bread and when you drink the wine, now he says, but this no longer represent God delivering Israelites out of Egypt from their slavery. This represents me delivering sinners out of the slavery of their sin. So now when you take this unleavened bread, remember how I took all the sin out of your lives. That's what it represents. Woo, I feel like preaching this morning. Y'all were ready for this. I'm getting lost in my notes because I'm just, I'm just ready. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. John 6, 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for life of the world is my flesh. One theologian put it this way, as the Jews who celebrate Passover do so with unleavened bread, so believers celebrate their continual Passover with unleavened lives. We're being sanctified and removed from our sin. Sin is losing our grip on us. We will not be mastered by anything, believers. We will not. I love that. So yeah, I, I thought all that about yeast and what yeast represents was interesting. I wanna set that down for a second because honestly, that has nothing to do with Revelation. So, and, and I only got 15 minutes left apparently. So, <laughs> In the first few chapters of the book of Revelation, we see a man named John. He's uh, exiled to an, the island Patmos. And while John's in exile, he's worshiping. And in the most beautiful, abrasive way, he gets interrupted by Jesus. And Jesus downloads this revelation on him, hence the name of the book. And so while he's receiving that revelation, Jesus says, John, everything I'm about to tell you, I want you to write it down. And he begins to speak specifically about seven churches. And so these churches were specific to that time. 
Uh, some might argue that this is a prophetic thing and that's totally fine, I could see that too. I, I wanna go even simpler than that. As we observe Jesus's words to these church it's just really practical for us to learn what he desires from his church and what he doesn't want to see exist in his church, right? Can we all agree on that? Okay, so, um, so, so one of the church is that he uh, addresses is Laodicea, but I think it's so important that as we listen to what he's speaking to the church, there's some introspective work here as Destiny Church, uh, considering like, are we a church that pleases the Lord? Can we be more effective? So Jesus is, is speaking to John about these seven different churches and he, he starts to talk about Laodicea in Revelation chapter three, but I wanna lay out a little background of what exists in Laodicea because it'll help us make sense of what Jesus is saying specifically, okay? We gotta get that historical, that cultural background. This ain't no fluffy word, all right? The city uh, was famous in that day. It was famous for, really had three primary characteristics. It's finances, it was a banking center and uh, a, a, a finance known throughout the Roman Empire. It's known for its wealth, for its financial power. It was bougie, it was bougie, okay? They wore plaid pants. This, what do we think? What do we think? Okay, they were on clearance, so I just... Back, back to the word, here we go. Number two, fashion. Fashion, in, in the comments, put, no, I'm just playing, here we go. It was renowned uh, for the soft black wool that was produced there. This, this wool was considered a luxury item and was sought after for clothing and rugs. So Laodicea is the epicenter of fashion for its day, like a modern day London or New York, similar to that, okay? Um, and then the third thing is pharmaceuticals. There was a famous medical school in Laodicea and they produced this tablet. And if this tablet uh, was broken down and mixed with water, they could create a paste out of this tablet, an ointment for eyes, and then eyes could find healing. So uh, th this was rubbed into the eyes and would help them. There's a lot of life happening in Laodicea. A lot of things that the culture values that they, uh, that they take, place their pride in. But the one problem in Laodicea was the fact that there's no ready source of water in the city. There's no ready source of water in the city. Water had to be piped in through aqueducts. And there would be hot water piped in from Hierapolis, six miles to the north. Um, and then there was water piped in from Colossae, uh, Colossae which was located 10 miles to the east and had really cold natural springs. So you had really hot water that was getting piped in, really cold water that was getting piped in. So by the time the water made its way to the city, it was lukewarm. It was lukewarm. It wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. It was lukewarm. So you can see, I'm gonna read this verse again out of Revelation 3 and considering all those things, you can see where Jesus uses, it's almost as if their location is prophetic as to what's happening in their church. Okay, let's look. Revelation 3, verse 15. I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. 
But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich. I wear plaid pants. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. I think as we observe Laodicea, I see two major problems. If you're taking notes, you can write this first one down here. They're apathetic. They have one, a problem with their passion. A problem with their passion. When Jesus tells Laodicea they're lukewarm, he's meaning you've lost your hunger for God. You don't wake up early to read your Bible anymore. But you spend two hours looking in the mirror making sure your plaid pants look good, okay? He goes, man, man you, you don't get alone with God. You, you don't listen to worship music every time you're in the car anymore. You've been listening to Biggie Smalls. What's that about? He's saying, you, you've lost your, you've, there's no enthusiasm. There's no zeal. Come on, when you come into church on Sundays, you, you stand during worship like this. You know this, you, you know this guy, Jesus saved your soul, right? right. You know this guy, Jesus, changed your whole eternity. You know this Jesus has the power to heal your body and change your circumstances in your situation, but we're talking about a man who removed your sin and this is what he's worthy of? You're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm. They have a problem with their passion and I wonder if Jesus was to observe Destiny Church, I wonder if some of that might sound the same. Their passion is misplaced. Number two, worship team, you can come. They have a problem with their perspective. Revelation 3.17 said, you say, so they think, I'm rich. I I have everything I want. I I don't need a thing. (laughs) And you don't realize you're wretched, you're poor, you're blind and you're naked. So I advise you, you need to buy gold from me and then you'll be rich. You need white garments. You need to be clothed with me. You need to buy white garments from me so you'll not be ashamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see because he robes us. He puts on a garment of praise, right? He opens blind eyes. It's what he does and it's only Jesus. It's only found in Jesus. You can rub all the ointment in your eyes that you need but you still might not be able to see. You can own all the clothes and all the fur and all the minks but you still can't cover up your spiritual nakedness it's only found in me the church they're considered that they're without lack yet they have nothing because Jesus minus nothing is everything but nothing minus Jesus is nothing 
messed that up and I wanted to pretend that I didn't, but I did. Shut your mouth, Zach. Everything minus Jesus equals nothing. And Jesus plus nothing equals everything. I'm going to have to go listen to Bitter after this. I'm going to have to go back to last week. You know, so I I wrestled with how do I I conclude this message? Because to be honest with you, we're, we're in the Bible Belt. Many, many, many of you have been raised in church and you've had preachers spit on you and yell at you, you gotta get in the word. You gotta lift your hand to give God the praise. He's worthy of, ha, huh? come on, what are you doing with your apathetic lies? You gotta, uh. and I'm like, and, and I can yell too, I'm blue in the face, but y'all already know, you know. I just felt the Lord to put it in my heart to to share the real danger of of being lukewarm. Remember, God says, I wish you were either hot or you were cold. Now, I'm gonna mess with some of y'all's theology right now because the way you've heard it, and I'm not saying this is technically wrong and it's okay if this is how it's been preached, but I'm just saying, as I studied the historical and cultural context, I found out that, I, I don't know, I think there's an argument that maybe Jesus actually meant it when he said, I either wish you were hot or wish you were cold because the hot waters from the Hierapolis Springs bring healings to bodies when they rested it, right? And the water that's coming in, the cold water that's coming in is good for drinking, right? And it satisfies your thirst. So I don't know, you got different gifts and you have a different makeup and maybe your ministry looks hot and your gifts look hot. Maybe you're different and your ministry and your purpose is cold, but at least it's hot or at least it's cold, but it's not nothing, but it's not lukewarm. Both are purposeful. Both can be used. But it's the lukewarm water. You want to know what lukewarm water is good for? The only thing it's good for? The expansion of yeast. Come on. I took took this from an article. I got to read this to you. I'm going to try not to shout. Listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. Lukewarm temperatures find applications in cooking, cooking, especially for dishes involving When cooking a dish that includes yeast, one is required to add lukewarm water to activate the yeast. It's a lukewarm life. That, that sin is going to thrive. It's a lukewarm life that you're going to miss out on the passion and the zeal and everything that God might have for you. It's a lukewarm life where yeast will expand. But listen to this. This is the part I couldn't even believe. Cold water deprives the yeast of the necessary energy to rise while overly hot water will overactivate the yeast so it can't expand. And I just came to tell somebody, you better
I could come and yell at you that you got to be passionate, but I don't think I got to tell you, we can do better. We can do better. No more lukewarm. No more lukewarm because ain't no yeast going to activate in my life. Okay, so I know maybe it hasn't looked the way that you thought it should, but guess what? His mercies are new every day. Jesus loves you. The word says we were created through him and for him. It's the reason you exist. We're God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do good things. I've been apathetic my whole life. I messed it up. No, you didn't, baby girl. God's got things for you right now. Time to wake up. This is why Paul wrote to the church and said, wake up. Let Christ's light shine through you. Come on, who's ready? to wake up. If you're ready to wake up, will you stand to your feet right now? Come on, will you lift both hands? Say, Father, we're ready. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Father, we repent that we've been lukewarm and apathetic with the little fox of apathy. Today it goes. Today we submit to the Spirit of God. Today we come into agreement with the power of God. We recognize who Jesus is. We recognize that he changes everything, that there is nobody like Jesus on this earth, that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. We will serve the Lord enthusiastically. We will have the joy of the Lord as our strength. No more lukewarmness, Father. You have all of us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.